0: Well, Merry Christmas. It's so good to see you here. And those of you worshiping with us at our campuses and in other spaces, a Merry Christmas to you. So pleased we get to spend part of this weekend together. Now, uh, Christmas, Christmas Day is a celebration of a birth of a child. Uh, Not just the birth of any child, the birth of that child right there. The the story is pretty well known. Uh, Mary and Joseph, they travel down to uh, Bethlehem. Uh, Mary is not only expecting, she is due. and Incapable of finding adequate lodging, Uh, it says she places Jesus in a manger. A manger is a feed box for animals. So just right out of the gate, This is not what you'd call a five-star situation, right? Humble, humble birth of Jesus. And this baby that is uh, placed in the manger, uh, he's like the the rescuer that the prophets had promised, the, the coming king that the prophets had promised. But does anybody know? I mean, Mary and Joseph, they've got a clue, they've got a suspicion, but nobody else and somebody needs to know. And it's like heaven wants to break the news that this rescuer, that this king has arrived. But news sent to who? Who do you break the news to? And the first people to receive the announcement were those right there. Now, not the shepherds, not the sheep, people leading the sheep, shepherds. Shepherds occupy the very center of the Christmas story. We read these words from Luke chapter two. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, they have absolutely no idea what is about to happen. But here comes the announcement, Luke chapter two, verse nine. "Uh, An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were Terrified, and the angel says, Don't be scared to death. I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. The, the, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, the shepherds. The glory of the Lord, God's glory, shone around them, the shepherds. Now, just, just think about that for a minute. Because often in the telling of the Christmas story, we hear something like, uh, The angel's announcement came to humble shepherds. Well, what does that mean? Humble shepherds, it doesn't mean, you know, I think you're the best shepherd. No, you're a better shepherd than I am. No, I insist you're the best shepherd. See, they were humble shepherds. That's not what it means. It means ordinary, it means common, it means run of the mill guys. Uh, They're working at night. These particular shepherds had to pull an all-nighter. In our language today, they're working the third shift. And let's just put it this way, ordinarily, I mean commonly, if you, were, if you were academically brilliant, you didn't end up as a shepherd. And ordinarily, if you were financially prosperous, you didn't end up as a shepherd. I mean, if you had made it financially, you might have livestock, but, but you didn't stay up all night watching him. Man, you hired that out, you hired somebody else to do that, and so these just common, ordinary, run-of-the-mill, salt-of-the-earth people, and I've, I've wondered from time to time if you know, the there were shepherds, and there were in that country shepherds abiding, keeping watch over their flocks by night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them. I go, who today would this be? I mean, like who's just that get up, go to work, get it done, run-of-the-mill type person that shepherds might appear to today? And there were in that neighborhood, snowplowers, clearing driveways at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Or there was a a cook and a a server at an all-night diner attached to a truck stop, out behind the back door, taking their smoke break, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them. We're talking common, common, average people. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Jeff, there are a lot of ordinary people in this world, but there are also extraordinary people. I mean, some of them are here today, extraordinary people. I disagree. I think there are people that are extraordinary at something. But often, those who find themselves doing something extraordinary would consider themselves incredibly average at several dozen other things. You know what I mean here? I mean, maybe we can be extraordinary at something, or two things, or even perhaps wild outlier, three things, but we find ourselves amazingly average in some other areas. So something about me you need to know, and I don't, I don't want to brag, but you need to know this. In high school, in high school, I graduated in the top 10% of the bottom half of my class. (laughs) See, someone's applauding. It's like, it's like academic underachievers unite, you know, Uh, you know, uh, just absolute middle of the pack academically, I was academically average. And I played sports, but I was an average athlete. And furthermore, I kinda, Average looking, this will shock you, but in the many years I've spent on this planet, I have yet to have a model, modeling agency approach me. I'm just waiting, I'm still waiting for the day. I just can imagine the meeting at the modeling agency and say, what are we looking for? Uh, we're looking for someone past middle age. Anything else? What are the, what are the main defining features and attributes? I'm thinking <coughs> cheeks and chins, I've got your guy. <laughs> I, I know a guy, I know a guy, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for my moment. And so average, average, uh, average academically, average athletically, average looks. Is there any area where I'm under average, below average? Absolutely. When things break at my friends' houses, they don't call me. Because I've got like no skills in the fix it In fact, it it runs in our family. My brother John, his son Dylan, John was trying to fix something in the house and he tells Dylan, hey, go get me a Phillips head screwdriver. And Dylan responds back, is that the one with the plus sign or the minus sign? (laughs) Welcome to our family, right? Now, I am not for a moment diminishing high achievement. I, I, I am not for a moment Uh, diminishing or detracting the pursuit of excellence. For years, decades, I have attempted to become an effective communicator. I've worked really hard to get really good at that thing. And I believe it's a noble pursuit to try to become excellent at something. But when you arrive at being excellent at something, still, there's just all these other areas where you just kind of go average, 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 average. Here we go. Let God meet you there. Let God meet you in that space. Let God meet you in the space, not where you feel self-important. But let God meet you in the space where you feel unimportant. Unimportant. Don't just invite God into that area where you feel super secure. Invite God in when you feel super insecure. Don't just invite God into that wedge of your life where you feel super successful. Invite him into that space where you feel unsuccessful. Let the message come to you, not where you feel superior, but where you feel inferior, run-of-the-mill, average or below average. And when it says, the message, the message, what message? I mean, this was the message from verse 11. It says, today in the, town of Saban, in the town of David, that's Bethlehem, David's ancestral home, a savior, that's rescuer, has been born to you, third shift shepherds. An angel has been born to you. Who is he? He is Messiah. He is the Lord. Now that that verse is just loaded there. It says, talk about Jesus being the rescuer. That's a savior part. He came to rescue. That thing about Messiah, it's like the long prophesied king that would come. And the Lord, he is in charge and he has a right to be in charge. He is rescuer. He is king and he has a right to to be followed, but unto you. This is to the shepherds, unto you is born. Listen, unto you is born. What I'm trying to say is this. Um, Don't just come to God when you feel put together. (laughs) Come to God when when it isn't altogether. Let the message hit you there. Heavens, the heavens want to break the news that this rescuer king has been born. Who gets the first message? Those who are common, those who were ordinary, those who were run-of-the-mill, those who did not have deep resumes. Let God find you in that space, not where you feel put together, but where you might feel inadequate and insecure. Now, right about now, I know what many of you are thinking, because that kind of feels like the end of the point. And many of you are thinking, Jeff, you have a history over the years of preaching really, really brief messages on Christmas Eve. But please, 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 just take a couple minutes to share with us just one more life-changing insight. Okay, (laughs) last night, no kidding, in Cascade, Cascade, uh, right over here, a seven-year-old goes, that's not what I'm thinking. And his father is on staff at ADA. <laughs> was, was on staff. Uh, so uh, So one more, one more insight here that he's got to share with you, I think is, I think is super helpful. But but, but, but' going to come. It's going to come with a challenge. It's going to come with a challenge. It's going to come with a homework assignment. OK So what is it that the shepherds do when they get this news? Uh, verse 15 of Luke chapter two, it says, uh, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord had told, has told us about. Let's go, let's just not take the angel's word for it, let's race off to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has come about. See, this is the deal, they go to see for themselves. They travel to see for themselves. And this next image here is just an image of the, you know, just your classic nativity scene, Mary, Joseph, baby, surrounded by the shepherds because they went to see for themselves. Here's my challenge. Here's my homework assignment. I want you to see for yourself. I want you to see homework assignment. It's Christmas break. Okay, maybe begin this on January 1. But it's, it's a challenge, and it's an assignment. Here's the deal. Uh, baby Jesus in the manger, Luke chapter 2 in your Bible. The challenge is this, and the assignment is this. I want you to see what's in Luke chapter 3 and what's in Luke chapter 4 and what's in Luke chapter 6 and what's in Luke chapter eight, and what's in Luke chapter nine. We, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, Jesus in the manger. The rest of Luke's biography on Jesus tells us where the story went and who that baby came to be. And he goes, Jeff, come on, I, I'm a skeptic. I'm just in a season where I'm just doubting. No, no, no. This homework assignment is especially for skeptics. And it's especially for doubters. It's an invitation to see for yourself. A couple of years ago, I was reading through Luke in the morning. I'd read like one chapter, and sometimes just one story if it really grabbed me and I wanted to think about it. And the next day, I kind of read the next chapter. And I got to the end of Luke and then went back and started over at the beginning. But then I just kept moving the bookmark. And then I'd get to chapter 24, the end. And then I'd go back and start over at the beginning just to absorb the story of Jesus that begins with the manger scene and ends with Jesus' resurrection, just to absorb the whole story. I want you to see for yourself if you have experienced rejection. In Luke chapter five, you will read how Jesus was rejected in his hometown. By people he grew up with. If this is a season in your life where you just feel just broken up by something. In Luke chapter eight, see a woman approach Jesus who has dealt for a dozen years with a physical disorder that has wrecked her life and she spent all of her savings on medical solutions and she still isn't any better. See Jesus' compassion for her in Luke chapter eight. If religious hypocrisy bothers you, in Luke chapter 11 you will see how religious hypocrisy troubled Jesus. Keep moving the bookmark till you at least get to that spot. If you go, Jeff, my priorities are so out of order and I've run so far from home, in Luke chapter 12, you will see Jesus' parable to the rich fool, the guy who had accumulated everything and he had nothing. And in Luke chapter 15, if you feel you've traveled far from home, Luke chapter it's in Luke's biography of Jesus that you get the treasured story of the prodigal son, a runaway who decides to come back. And the welping, welcoming arms of his father. See, now what I'm saying here is just I want you to see for yourself. I want you to see for yourself. That baby born in the manger, Luke chapter 2, who did he become? What did he do? And what did he say? I know that some of you have dealt in life with. Abandonment, betrayal, and desertion. When your bookmark moves to Luke chapter 22, you will see that it is one of Jesus' 12 disciples that betrays him to the authorities, a guy by the name of Judas. And at Jesus' trial, one of his closest friends, a guy by the name of Peter, disowns him. If you've experienced abandonment, betrayal, and desertion, you just read Jesus' story, and you go, him too, him too. You see, when Jesus comes to this earth, he travels through every possible human emotion and situation that we could experience. And you read that happening to him in Luke 22, and you go, he's with us, fully with us. Luke chapter 23 is the crucifixion. This isn't just where Jesus gets himself killed. This is where Jesus gives up his life for us to pay off debts that weren't his but to pay off debts that were yours and debts that were mine if you feel in life nobody's ever done anything for me he was the one who did something for you luke chapter 24 is the resurrection and that's not just jesus coming back to life it's jesus desire to call us to new life Literally desiring to move in and to change us from the inside out and to restore us to the people that we were created to be. There's my challenge. There's my homework assignment. See for yourself, see for yourself, see for yourself as your bookmark moves through Luke's gospel As you open the story, ask God to open your heart and open your eyes to who the baby became, what he said, what he did, and what he offers for us. See for yourself. See for yourself. See for yourself. Last word we get on these shepherds. It says, uh, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. It's like just their lungs just burst with praise. It, 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 summarize that in three words, just these three words here, glory to God, glory to God. That's where their hearts go. These guys working third shift, pulling an all-nighter, given this message, who went to see for themselves, just glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God that he came for us. Glory to God that he came for shepherds. Glory to God that he came for you. So we pray. Gracious God, we give thanks that you entered this world, the brokenness of our planet, to meet us where we are and to bring us to yourself and to bring us home. We give thanks in the name of Jesus, whose birth we celebrate this weekend. Amen.